Hello team and welcome back to our first Fox Sports Rugby podcast in a couple of weeks. We've been a touch lazy, sure. We've been often about doing different things across the globe, but we are ready to go, ready to sink our teeth into week four of Super Rugby. I'm Sean Maloney and in the house, it is the full compliment. Sam Worthington, Christy Doran and Stephen Hoyles. Men, welcome back. Ready to do it again? It's been a while. Well, you said we've been a bit lazy around the world. We've been here busy working. You've been in working Vancouver hard, and Vegas. So, um, oh, man. As what? I look up to see Snapper Rocks, last time I saw you, you were at, <laughs> you're at Snapper Rocks, uh, sitting right on the rock catching waves. We, had a, we, we had, had a good a time at Snapper. We had a good time at Snapper before that Queensland Red Sharks game, which Queensland won. And I want to take you back to my what I, what I experienced last Wednesday. Of course I want to take you back. Grouse Mountain, which is across the road, across the Grouse, uh, Grouse Mountain, which is across the Lionsgate Bridge from Vancouver CBD. I'm talking 20 minutes from the hotel in a cab to the ski fields. I shoot up. I haven't skied in 20 years. The last time I was up, I was up for like a half a day. Uh, previous to that, another half day as a 13 year old. You so snowboarded though? Try to. Yeah. No thanks to you. Try to snowboard, no good. <laughs> take to the take to the ski fields. Go the kiddies run for two things. Think, you know what? I've got this nailed. Nailed Nailed it. Green run. Boom. Start nailing that. Inside an hour, I'm WhatsApping ya. I'm hitting the blues. (laughs) I've got the camera. You're sniffing black runs. I'm sniffing (laughs) and I'm seriously looking at the diamonds. I'm looking at the black diamond. Anyway, park it for a moment. Head to the restaurant for a little slice of pizza. And who should I bump into? (laughs) Who? None other than the great Brian O'Driscoll. Bod. Bod. Stop it. Bod not, himself, not who was bod. on the mountain for the first time ever. I thought you were going to say David Hasselhoff there. But that no, would have saw him last that, year. He's, that's done. Yeah. Um, Old news. Bod's up there. He's having a spot, of, uh, a spot of pizza as well. Says, come join me for lunch. We get chatting. He'd have a couple of lessons that morning. And then I said, well, why don't we, we head out together? You know, had he ever skied before? Had he. Yeah. This was his first ever day on the wow. mountain. Ooh. So would he go? Uh, so we, we well we take off. He had some ski. There were some equipment issues in our initial runs down the green run. The cut at Grouse Mountain. He was the one who then suggested that we should try a little sneaky blue. I said sure. <laughs> we hit the blue. We go okay on the blue. I said I'll take you to a steeper blue, which I've already had a crack at this morning. He's I'm, I'm I'll give it a go. Disaster in shoes. Oh, no. Absolute disaster in shoes. So I he did the first time he went down one of them. He was he was. Getting really good. Like for a guy who's first on the mountain, he was doing a terrific job. Uh, and then better say he's pretty talented in his well, supreme athlete. This guy kind of knows. This yeah. guy kind of knows what's what. Yeah. Um, and then I took him down another one, and I'd ski like a hundred meters ahead and stop and wait for him to come uh-huh. down. And sometimes he'd nail it, and sometimes he'd sort of come off. And then I'd <laughs> ski all the way to the bottom, bottom of the the Olympic chairlift, which takes you to the peak. That's what I wanted to work towards, the peak, because you can see that from everywhere and it just looks good. It's like the Matterhorn. It just looks awesome. You wanted awesome. to hold hands at the top with them, didn't you? Amongst, get a, get a moment. amongst other things. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I get to the bottom of the chairlift and I watch him come down this Bod. Bod, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gone pretty quick. He's gone way too quick. And then, boom! Trouble. Skis go flying everywhere. They come out. Um, he's taken a tumble. He gets himself together. He meets me at the bottom of the lift. We jump on as we're heading up. He goes, he goes, oh, my, my ski pants, my high pants, there's a cut. I said, oh, that's not a cut. I said, that's no good. He says, oh, my long johns are cut. I said, oh, that's, that's terrible news. I'm bleeding. <laughs> we got a bleeder. <laughs> How bad? I, I can see where the cut starts, but not where it finishes. Oh. We get to the top of the mountain and take him into the chairlift where the little dude is. They, it peels back. 
is long john and ski pants to reveal a cut. Now, we're going to have to put the picture up. Bod's put it on Instagram. 18 stitches later. Oh. That was because of you. All because of you. Potentially. So then, <laughs> so then they go, I go, you mate, I go, mate you have stuffed my day, yeah. O'Driscoll. You've ruined it. Then they have to bring the little Medicab slide along. He gets, instead of going down the peak like me, like a man, he's on his back as two guys drag medicab. him down in the Medicab. You didn't get on the Medicab, did you? And no, so in the little sled, like the toboggan, they, oh, they yeah, drag yeah, him down yeah. the hill in the, in the, on the toboggan, yeah. get to the bottom, and then they're... Oh, everyone stares at those people on the slopes. <laughs> we get rolled onto the back of that and taken to the to the chalet. The great people, the Canada Sevens, the tournament doctor, ends up putting 18 stitches Man. in O'Driscoll's leg. Don't feel sorry for him. No, no, I don't. He's don't lucky. feel yeah. sorry for him. He stuffed the day. But he'll be back next year. That's the type of bloke Lucky he he's retired, mate. Imagine if you'd ruled him out of an Irish test match against bloody England or something. You'd be pu- <laughs> you'd be public enemy number one. Oh, I tell you what. He's such a, he's a champ. He's a legend of a human being. He's a, he's a he really good He uh, didn't blame you at all? Uh, potentially. Oh, I don't was know he getting around on the behind. weekend? Was he walking around okay? Nah, mate. I tell you what. He did not, he did not once whimper any form of complaint. There was a... It's a shark attack style yep. hit on his knee. Could you see any bone? Uh... We'll put it up. I mean, I can show you guys here, but O'Driscoll has got it up on his Instagram page. Yeah. And um, how long was the chairlift journey up? They're pretty long, generally. Well, the, on the Olympic one, yeah. naturally, it was a, it was a, it was a really long was one. Was it a gondola or a chairlift? No, it was like the the, the four man yeah. open. It was yeah. the four man side to side. Is it a, as big a mountain as say Threadbale Parish? Give us. A, oh, geez, it's a bloody good mountain. Yeah, grass and it's, mountain. Like I say, it's just over the road there. Yeah, from the, got to get to Canada next so, year. So um, I'm going to put you guys. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah. He. O'Driscoll actually asked after oh, he's you a good man. because you did some stuff with him yeah. last year in Hong over Kong. in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're listening in here. We'll um, post O'Driscoll's Instagram uh, photo alongside this podcast. Anyway, so chances are you've seen it, but we've got Oof. a I've got a close up of the uh, of the laceration, Ooh. and uh, you saw that, didn't you? Hold yeah, it? I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I don't like seeing that stuff. Mate. Yeah, so I'm not good with so that. So it, it took him an hour to put him back together. Um, uh, great man. So that was Vancouver. Good story. Uh, Very good. Sorry. Story. If you're listening on, it, but, I mean, it involves one of the greats yeah. and one of the greatest humans you'll ever likely to meet, so I'm happy to say it. Uh, that was Vancouver, week before Vegas, where the Australian women's side got beaten by New Zealand again. They finished second over there in Vegas. Sam Worthington <sighs> pumps his fist. Uh, just not clicking as a whole at the moment, that team. No, I, th- I Australian think... women's seven side. One, I think we've, you know, we're struggling to come to terms with our status, I suppose. it's you know We were, we were the favourites for Rio, but they hadn't achieved what they wanted to, so they were so focused for it. There's obviously been a few um, changes to their life and a few of them are, you know, probably not struggling, but they're just adjusting to it. But I think at the same time that's happened, you've got the Kiwis who are absolutely filthy. They didn't win gold in Rio. And happy just to keep kicking them. And they've they've just taken it to a new level. So we've played the Kiwi girls three times since Rio now. They've beaten us on all three occasions. And I'd have to say that we probably look... Um, a little bit off our best. One or two, it, it's just been, a, for, for mine, it's just been a case of one or two players have been off in each of those games for the Aussies, one or two or three. Um, and then when when they come right, another three have sort of fallen away, if you know what, yeah. I'm, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. So uh, when, they, when they click, they, they're next up in Japan. They, they take the field again. They should be sweet. The Aussie men's side guys played some of the best sevens I've seen them serve up in around about a year's play. Awesome in Vegas. Desperately unlucky not to push into the Cup semi-finals, and solid again in Vancouver. They have unearthed. Coach Andy Friend has unearthed a freakish young player named Lockie Anderson, 19 years of age, never played grade football, 
seven tries in Vegas and found himself in found himself rather in the dream team. Yeah, I saw his form in uh, Las Vegas. He was outstanding. What position would he be in? Fifteen. He's a seven. Background. He's a seven. He's a seven. Yeah. So okay. I spoke to him early today. We're going to put up. Oh, we a few need a few more sevens, don't we? On the yeah, <laughs> on the yeah, in our uh, in our article this week. So that's that's a wrap from the world of sevens, guys. You've had a keen eye on Super Rugby. What do you got for us ahead of this week? Yeah, well, I guess all Australian eyes are on Brumbies Waratahs, uh, the the big derby match um, here in Sydney, and and it's going to be played for the Dan Vickerman Cup, which is a, a great idea um, from from both clubs to to do that. It's um, you know obviously a, a you know a simple gesture, but a great great thing to do, and they're going to play for that every year now um, going forward, as long as the Brumbies stay in the competition, which we'll probably get to later. But um, yeah, that that'll be a, a great gesture. No no doubt, both teams will be uh, right up for that. So yeah. <laughs> It's a shame that um, all this talk about the the format and the Sanzar meetings has overshadowed the actual actual footy because um, you know normally would would be talking about this this big derby game this week, wouldn't we? Oh, certainly. And don't we want to see fans rock up and 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 turn up on Saturday evening? Wet weather is expected, but hopefully we can see a crowd in excess of twenty thousand. It's not. It's probably not going to happen, but it would be nice. It's a big big game. Um, the Waratahs have been in South Africa for a couple of weeks, so probably Super Rugby in, in New South Wales hasn't been at the forefront of people's minds. So, particularly with AFL and rugby league picking up, we need we need to see people turn up at the grounds. So that's a that's a big game, and the, the Rebels on Friday night they've had a bye the previous round too, so an opportunity for, the, for them to to step up another New Zealand team that they're going to be playing. So there's a lot to play for, particularly the Reds. I think. They've won in three over against the Lions. Last year's runners up. It's a couple of mouth-watering games. It's going to be an interesting round of, of Super Rugby. Yeah, well, the, the beauty about um, no Australian side winning more than one game is that it's so even at the moment, and that makes this weekend's game so important. Um, yeah, that's a lot of stuff about talking is about. Is that the beauty of it, though? Well, no, this game is so important because okay. the Brumbies are playing gotcha. the Waratahs. Like, if the Brumbies had been 3-0, and um, the Brumbies are... A, far, a fair way behind them and this game doesn't have the importance that it does so I think we know that one win, the winner of the Australian Conference plays semi-finals so that's what these Australian sides are still you know they're, they're all chasing to finish top in you the conference you know what I prefer I prefer the Brumbies 3-0 and the Tars 3-0 that'd be good we all we all prefer that Sean and I know you're down I can just I'm not down nah yeah. no don't <laughs> don't, 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 don't put board. words in my mouth no, don't put words in my mouth we all want teams to be going well but the reality is they're not but it's still early in the season. It is. Is it fair to say that? Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to tell you. I don't. I don't. I could not care less who wins between the Tars and Brumbies on Saturday night. But like you said, Christy, I would love to see a huge crowd there. And you know what? I want to see it like a damn Wallabies trial game. Mm-hmm. I want big name players from both those sides. The same way it happens in rugby league when the Broncos play against the Cowboys. The big name players from both those sides. Shine bright. Thurston steps up. Hunt steps up. All the superstars from their respective teams aim up. Imagine if we get something like that on Saturday night between the Brumbies and the Tars. Yeah, Shoot that, out. I that would care. be that would be amazing. And again, I, the the thing with so looking at the the Brums, they had a pretty dogged start, but what got them back into the the comp in the game last week was their rolling more, their forward play. So they're going to what works for them. The Waratahs, well, they've been okay in patches, but you've, everyone's saying, "Oh, Falau's in the centre." He's not. He's doing, he was great last week for for the Waratahs, but he's still yet to play a game at 13 with his, with uh, Bernard Foley at 10. So they mm. have not had Bernard Foley for one game this year. You take out the 10 in any side, especially someone that they're so comfortable playing with. Hopefully he's back this week. 
that'll be uh, you know, a big boost for the Tars. Very true. Before we move on from the Tars and Brumbies, we probably should highlight the fact that Sakopi Kepu, 100 matches, Michael Hooper, 100 matches, the quickest in all-time Super Rugby. It's just a phenomenal effort. Ever. Nick, Nick Phipps, Nick Phipps, as well. Nick Phipps as well, 100 with the Rebels in the Tars. So it's a, it's a great achievement. Um, Hoylesy, you've played a, a lot with, with Michael Hooper, with the three of them, but Hooper particularly, what stands out in your mind with, with Michael Hooper, if you could... What game? Well, just just him in Perth. Oh, what are the ninety nine? Yeah, games? Uh, okay. No, I was there for his first game at the Brumbies. He came on and and I think it might have been close to his very first touch. He scored a try. I'd forgotten he even played for the Brumbies. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. That yeah. Was, um, he went from Manly. He to played the Brumbies. a lot. Of, he played yeah. a lot of games for them. Same as yeah, George Smith. Yeah, he came um, same time as Colby Fanger, and those two pushed each other. I have I still have this vision of him in training. Bill Young was our scrum coach in Canberra at the Brumbies for a couple of years. And he was trying to explain to the, the flankers, if the prop tries to come around the angle, your job as a flanker is to get your head into that prop's ribs as hard as you can and bust his ribs because he's not allowed to come around. And then he, one of the Colby or Hoop said, oh, what happens if the flanker does that? Well, Bill Young said, well, you, you as the other flanker, you've got to then just get your head into that flanker. All of a sudden, we had this situation at training where Hoops and Colby Fang on opposite sides of the scrum, same age, good mates, playing for the same jersey to back up George Smith, pretty much were just like mountain goats headbutting each other on the side of a scrum for about... 40 seconds. Bill Young reckons it was one of the best things he's ever seen as mm. a coach. Two young bulls going absolutely hell for leather, high-fived each other at the end. And that, that was before Hoops played a game and you went, both of them, like I'm a big fan of Colby Finger, but you looked at Hoops and just you just knew that he had these qualities about him as well as his physical attributes. You just knew he was going to be a superstar and he's not let us down. You talk about his physical attributes. Standing next to him, he's, he's not the biggest bloke, is he? So the, the impact that he has around the field is quite remarkable. You don't reckon he's a big bloke? We're not. We're short. Shit. Yeah, he's just so powerful. That's it. He's not, just so not, powerful. You look at the other forwards going around in, in, super, of in super rugby. Yeah, well, he's quite squat. Oh, but height he's and not, weight, he's not a big bloke. He's, he's, not, he's not 100 kilos. He, he punches you know? much above his weight. Big you don't reckon he'd be 100 kegs? No, he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't play heavier than 100 kegs. Maybe he's about, right, here about right on 100, I think. Yeah, like honestly, but he's... And he's a great example to young kids out there that think, oh, I'm not big enough, I've been told this. He would have been told that his whole career, Hoops. He was always told that. But he just found a way. And what he's got that physically is, is he's very gifted physically. Let's forget he's, he might not be that heavy, but he's so fine-tuned and he's fast and he's powerful and he's still one of the fastest in any team over 10 metres. And on top of all that, he's just got this phenomenal outlook where he just is never beaten. Yep. And he's that's a, what the great players are. He's a winner. Are. Like, he's yep. a... He's a winner. He is. He absolutely is. And he's one of those guys that you... When I sit back and have been retired, and you look at guys that you got to play with and you honestly feel fortunate to have been able to share the field with some guys, and he's one of them. Interesting point. I know you're quite big on the need for Australian rugby to, to manage the uh, workload a little wait, bit as Sean wait, just... Sean wait, 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 wait. Before we go on... I've just, I've just hit him. I could have gone on the Fox Sports Stats page, but I've instead opted to go wiki because sometimes it offers up some interesting insights into someone that may or may not be true. So they've got him as 101 kilos, wiki, yeah. which I'll take, but they've also got him as having 11 children. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good for a 25-year-old. That's, that's, that's a lot of government payments right there. So, uh, we should probably do a story on that. That's yeah. not... Oh, that's him a fortune if that's true it's going to be an interesting next uh, <laughs> next next press conference with Michael Hooper Different you know what I like about Michael Hooper what do you like about Michael Hooper a couple of years ago he was faced with the situation he's going to re-sign with Australian rugby a lot of blokes who are taking sabbaticals and he's a guy who said nah I want to focus all my attention on the Waratahs and the Wallabies and it's something that quite a few guys they've gone yeah. nah I'm going to I'm going to take the extra check and go play in Japan for a couple of months 
it's uh, it's a good sign from a bloke who's captain the Wallabies and, and probably the next full-time Wallabies captain. Does he need to? What? Would you think he'd need to go to Japan? To, no. To I think if, if, if anything, Hoops is the guy that's so mature about his decision-making that he's the guy that will take a sabbatical and have a year off, not play rugby. I'm, I'm harping on the point quite a lot. I don't think we've seen it yet, but there'll come a time when it starts to catch up with all guys, Like, and we need to be really wise with how he plays the back end of his career because his game is based around speed, power, agility. Mm. He's got to be able to keep that in his game, and we need to protect that. Yeah, I reckon it's caught up with Scott Fardy a little bit in the last uh, year or so. He's played so much football. I think it's his, his, his form's not bad, but it's, it's dipped a little bit. And um, on, on that point with Hooper, um, Christy got the uh, Nathan and the, and the team at Fox Sports Lab to do some work this week. And the, the fastest players to 100 Super Rugby caps, so Hooper's by far the fastest, and the, the top seven are all Australian, which, which tells you that they're, they're just not getting rest. They're, yeah. they're playing so Is much rugby. Is that right? The top seven top fastest seven. 100 cap Super Rugby players ever are all Aussies. Yeah. That's not good. No, well, we use our best players every week. Like, we never give them a rest. Yeah, who's number two? Who's he going to break the record of? Curtly Bill, and then you've got Quade Cooper, who's I think three, and you've you've got um, the likes of Rob Simmons, Will Gannier, George Smith's number ten. Um, and they only had 12 games a year when he started playing. That well, yeah, and, and the other thing with the interesting with George Smith, he did it in 2008. So the fact that the bloke ago. is still going around. Yeah. He raised his bet about 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line of that. You know what? That's good journalism from these guys. Well done. We give you a hard time about well, your play ratings, which are terrible, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That is very good work. That is Excellent. good work. Tatafu told me he liked the play ratings um, not so long ago. He's uh, yeah. well, that's, uh, yeah. Let's uh, listen. Uh, so that's the Tars looked after. So all the best to um, to those guys. Scobby Kepu is a big fan. Favorite of mine, I must say. I'm a huge fan of Scotty Kapu. Yeah, I, I was so lucky. He came down to Ramick as a young guy from over New Zealand. He used to grab the ball, and and I've seen him in and away. Run like, Rathbone, a, run like, like a winger, amazing. Like yeah. and and he he came over as number eight, ran like a centre, mm. and he can still do that mm-hmm. whilst being our best tight head scrummage in Australia. He doesn't have a big profile, does he? Like um, he's not famous or anything really but he's one of the world's best props and has been for, yeah. for some time but he's just a so. rock solid fella yep. he is he's a fa- fantastic guy yeah he's a and he and came and in here the other night on the show yeah he's on the show it's two, two little boys kids. birthday rushed home yeah, yeah he's a he's and, and a real leader guys. amongst the Polynesian groups that have been at the Tars over the last few years as well yeah there's a huge amount of Polynesians in the game in Australia and yep. Cliffy Palu and Tataf had a big a big leadership role in Team Tonga at the Tars and I dare say Kept sort of taking over, and, and it's nice as well that Nick Phipps is getting his hundredth as well because he's the, you know, he's probably the heart and soul of that side. Everyone loves the style of footy he plays, and I, I dare say, I reckon he'll have a a, a bigger Wallaby season this year. I, I got a feeling that the Wallabies are probably going to revert to a running game a bit this year, and he'll be heavily involved in that. So that's the Tars taken care of ahead of this week. Uh, Reds, like you said, take on the Lions in Joburg. This is a nightmare proposition for the Reds because. The Lions rested a number of players last week uh, from that... What? I didn't know that when I put my tips in. Filthy. Pick the Australian teams, so pick they've the Lions. Got a, mate, they've got a garage full of guys ready to rip into the Queensland Reds. And I, and having had watch back the closing stages of that Reds game the other night, I just cannot conceive how you can't wipe a minute off the clock with the ball in your hand and you're up near the 45-metre 40, mark from your line. Yeah, the the Reds are in a bit of trouble now. Like they blew that game over in Perth against the Force, a game that you know credit to the Force they played really well, but that, that's a game that the Reds would have targeted as a win. And then they had the Crusaders, they had the foot on the throat, just couldn't put them away, couldn't finish the job, and and now they're in a bit of a hole. They're one and two. They Lions in Johannesburg with the rest of players. That's one of the toughest assignments in Super Rugby, and then they've got to go to 
Buenos Aires to play the the Hagueres who are uh, showing you know a bit of form this season. So that's an absolute nightmare road trip. So hate to say it, but I, I think they're staring at a, a one and four start to the season, and, and they've, they've blown it a little bit. I think this this opening stretch of games. Yeah, well, again, it's it's a, you can't say one and f- you you know it's hard to say that because it's two weeks away from reality. I still think they can win in Joburg. It's going to be hard now because it's a tough place to to play footy at altitude, and as you said, they've rested a lot of players. I thought they'd be a lot more mature with their decision-making late in games with the players they'd signed, but they've really, it's almost been the opposite. They've started games well and they're playing with a huge amount of enthusiasm, but when it comes time to close out games, and closing out games is different to shutting down games and shutting off leads, I reckon they tried to shut down a lead um, on the weekend and it didn't work. And but, even when you, but even in possession with, of the ball, a minute to go, you've got to be happy to concede 15, 20 metres in contact with ball in hand. You don't even need to hit an ad line. And then that decisive play that led to them conceding the penalty, which the Crusaders took and nailed over the, over the black dot, they, they didn't need to do it. They didn't need metres in that space. Yeah. I well, don't understand it. Admittedly, they, they kept playing a little bit towards the end. It's, I don't know. It's, do, they do, could look at it now and go, there's five or ten options they should have done better. Do teams but, yeah, uh, practice now. that specifically? Like in those scenarios, we've got a minute left. How are we, we've got the lead. How are we going to approach That's it? Good do, question. The teams train for that? that? Uh, no, in, in all honesty, I never really spent much time practicing it's that. It's a bloody good question. You just try, the message you try and give in a time like that is just keep playing. So mm. you, you, you should be practicing what you've done all week, all okay. year, that's what you should be doing. But maybe there is times when you've got to potentially concede contact metres and just try and stay on your feet because that's the thing in that... Admittedly, like, the penalty, you can justify it. Because Either way. It was off a, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, but you've also then got to realise in that situation, like, refs are looking for that. Mm, okay. you've, got, you've got opposition players in rear going off their feet, they're off their feet in 10 phases. Some bloke saying it to you 10 times. You're gonna, it's going to start to play on a referee's mind and he's looking for it. You see it in the sevens, don't you? Teams winding down the clock, running backwards, and and you know just winding it down. So yeah, well, maybe, even the, maybe even the key, even the Kiwi Super Rugby teams are just so good at doing it. They just know where to be. They will go to pass backwards, pass backwards. They won't even take a step forward. They'll get a guy on the shoulder or the tail of the dude who's receiving the pass, take it in contact. Down they go, back again, back well, again. Hoyles, you said you, you think they might be able to win. Why do you think that? Oh, I, I, I still think they're a, a side that's got to... If they get it right, and you've seen moments... Out of all the teams that have played in Australia this year, I reckon they're the side that looked... They've got what, some points in them. When they've they? looked the best, they've been the best team in, out of our five. So I, I think Samu Karevi, every time they get close to the line mm. and use him properly, he scores a try. Can't it's almost it. like he's playing against kids sometimes, yes. Samu. Mm. So if they get right field position, scrums five, ten metres out, you, you rarely stop Samu Karevi. They're a good side, the Lions. But I just I just th- always have this theory about the Reds. Dry days, nice temperature footy really suits him. Quaid's passing game um, has a bit more distance in it. Carmichael Hunt's playing some good footy now. George Smith's in the side. Steve Moore's playing well. Yeah. This could be a 45-40 yeah. type game, I think, over there. There's going to be a could heck, be a season of I know, yeah. know we said before that it's still only early on, but it could be a season-defining game. And you've spoken about this a million times. When you get away from home, it can sometimes galvanise yep. a side, lead them to do good things on the road. So, and And... and and you know what, guys? The Lions haven't really set the comp on fire in the opening rounds. They struggled massively against the Cheetahs in round one. They were narrow winners, I think, round two against well, that, that, maybe yeah, the so they're Bulls. Only, they're only one and two themselves, maybe, aren't they? Maybe, yeah. yeah. And the other thing with the Lions week. as well, this time last year, no one really expected much from them. Now, now everyone's known that this is a big how game. They, how they play yep, and yeah, exactly. done their homework on yeah. them. So that's the Reds looked after. That'll be early Sunday morning on Fox Sports. So I think we're going to get that one 
played out for you. And then Friday nights where we will start with Rebels and the Chiefs going out at Rebels three, uh, sorry, zero and three on the year, zero and two on the year rather, and the Chiefs three and zero. Damian McKenzie starts to the Chiefs. Aaron Cruden will come off the bench, and well, that's quite frankly, a nightmare proposition for any side. It's not what you want to see if you're the Rebels, is it? They've, uh, they're down and out. They've um, been leaking points horribly. And then uh, they've got the Chiefs coming to town, top of the table and, and playing great. So I guess the... Look, it's it's hard to put a positive spin on it, but the, the positives for the Rebels are they have had a, a week away to, to get their heads right, hopefully, and, and, and work on a few things. And the Chiefs have, uh, let's face it, they're not rolling out their top team, the Chiefs. Um, Aaron Cruden, like you say, on the bench. Um, but but Damien McKenzie, a lot of interest to see here. He goes at number 10. He, he views it as his best position. It's where he played growing up. And obviously with Cruden going next year, McKenzie will run the cutter. So it'll be fascinating to see how he goes. And look, realistically, I probably can't see the Rebels winning but let's hope they're just competitive because they've, they've been pretty embarrassing, let's face it, the first couple they're of weeks. They're massive outsiders for this game. Let's, let's yeah. hope they actually make their... I mean, they're massive outsiders. Let's, let's hope they play 80 minutes and, and make their tackles. Cause they What's just the line on the it. game? Seven and a half? Is it? Yeah. Oh, you're not allowed to talk about betting because you work at the RU. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's around that, um, which seems, seems quite a lot, especially, especially given that the Rebels welcome back Sefa Naya Naivalu into the team yeah. as well. He might add some spark. They actually bet the Chiefs a couple of years ago, didn't they? they you yeah, yeah, they winners. did. Yeah. yeah, with Scotty Higginbotham, wasn't it, in, in the corner? Or the, the score, no, they I did think. win. So, yeah, they yeah. won by point. I just wonder if their time off, like it's always interesting when sides get... Better or know. worse? Well, I don't know. It, it, it all depends on how, what they're... Not, not what excuses they're making, but how they're saying or why they lost those first two games. Are they talking about their shape wasn't right or their structure or their defensive alignment? Are they sort of, or are they just going, we just didn't aim up? And I, I think the answer has to be the latter. Like when you get beaten by that many points, you don't have the right to talk about shape and patterns and play, and you've just got to get the basics right. And it sounds really boring, and and at times you forget about it. But the key fundamentals in the game don't change. It's about working really hard off the balls. You know, when no one's watching, it's about being really physical in the collision. It's about good, simple catch passing. It's about body height in clean out, like little things like body height and attack and defense. Because um, it's actually hard when you're fatigued to get down low and try and get underneath. But it's little things like that, that if they change that, and they're all, there's technical aspects of it, but it, all that is based around attitude. So hopefully that's what they're, you know, focusing on and not all the other peripherals. Because I don't think they've, earned the right to talk about their shape and mm. finishing right. and things like that. I mean, Tony, Tony McGowan's got to be, sorry, Chris, he's got to be under huge pressure, doesn't he? I mean, he can't just keep rolling out these results. So they've got a reasonable squad on, on paper. Like, it's not, not the worst cattle he's got to work with. And, and, you know, the wheels have fallen off in the first two weeks. And, and like you say, he's sort of, he's, he, was talk, he was talking about the back the back 60 minutes of a game. <laughs> it's three, <laughs> quarter, three quarters of the game. They can't possibly be as off the pace as they were the first two weeks. I mean, that you cannot possibly be. So. That far off the pace, three week, four weeks running. I mean, they've had the week off. With the problem is, though, they, I feel like they were given an excuse early on because of the amount of players they were missing. Mm. And they probably used that. So when, when they would normally maybe lose by 10 to 20 right. or 20 to 30, that just becomes a big blow up because they're like, ah, oh, well, like, in the back of their mind, of course. And I generally think it's, it's easy to lose by a lot of points in, in Wellington. It's one place where the Canes, they That's turn it on. I've, I've lost, had 55 points scored against us in Wellington. Next week, went out and won by 50 versus Queensland. So, like, you can turn it around, but that is one place where you can just get blown away and you just don't have any control over it. What doesn't help, Lepetti Tamani's out. Um, and when you've already got Sean McMahon on the sidelines, that's a lot of your, your, your strength and muscle through the middle. So, although you welcome back Sefanaivalu, and it's it's a pretty good-looking back three when you've got Corey Beattie, who had a couple of good touches... 
Deb Brassini, we know that he has got a bit about him, but whether or not they can get the ball in the right positions with those kind of guys out is going to be very, very tough. All that, all that to play out on Friday night. So what do you reckon? I'll get a tip from... Do you want to recap the tips on those ones? Uh, Rebels v Chiefs. What's, what's the oh, full-time yeah, score? To, you have to go the Chiefs and you go the Chiefs by probably 15 points. Is that right? 15? Yeah. yeah. It's a very particular number. <laughs> I'll go Chiefs by 30. <laughs> you asked me. Chiefs by 30-odd, realistically. 30? Wow. Well, they, they've been losing by 60. 30's quite generous. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, I don't see that the, happening. The Chiefs, I reckon the they Chiefs go close. That's the New Zealander coming out, and you. Well, it's also just the reality of what they've done in the first two weeks. Pro- probably fair. I think. I think the Chiefs maybe by about ten. I th- it's going to be interesting to see with McKenzie at ten and whether or not he quite has that same sort of structure about him. Um, and and kind of, I think the Rebels they've got so much to play for. They've got their playing in front of their home crowd as well. They've they've really got to deliver something at a time when everyone's really like the, the survival yeah. in Super Rugby is up for it. They're, they're playing for their team. Their franchise and their coach, and it will be a big, big match. Yeah, if you're if you're not getting up for games when when you know the X is hovering above you with your very existence, you've really got to question. But you know question what? I don't like think it. it makes a lick of difference. I don't think it, I don't think it matters in terms of however Sansa play out or win this yeah. week or lose. I don't. You know what? I don't think it mattered across the first four weeks no. of the year. I don't think it plays a part. I really don't. I think there are bigger things at play than results through the early part of this season. Keeping in mind that this process has been going on for eight months. Eight months. Certainly, so but I you think... You can't put it on a, a four-weeks run of games. I can certainly drag certainly things can't out, help can't they? <laughs> um, I'm going to say that the, that the Rebels will lead the Chiefs at some stage of the second half. What happens beyond then is second anyone's half. guess. They will lead... Uh, okay, so there's that. Uh, Tars v Brumbies. I think the Tars will get them just. I think the desperation there, they've got a little bit more firepower than the, the Brumbies. And this is assuming that Foley's right to come back. We still don't know for certain, but the, the signs are good. So if Foley plays, I think the, the Tars will get them. I've heard that there's a couple of big names coming back for the Tars, particularly in the forward pack. Well, tell us what so they are. Yeah, we, you say I've heard, we, mate. We, like, you just either you know by or the you time don't. This goes, we, by the I time know. that you lemons work out how to pump <laughs> these podcasts out <laughs> yeah. on digital media, you've got, the got, team a, got to add announced. a photo as well. That's oh, got to yeah, be at least six hours. Well, it looks like... Like uh, Bernard has been named, but with the with a bracket around him, so it depends on whether or not the headache. Just come out, has it? And okay. then um, Jed Holloway for to make his comeback first match in cool. in, in almost the a season. No, to start. Yep, good cool. decision. And uh, Will Skelton will rip in yeah, in the so second row. So I, I thought, if anything, the the Brums that, forwards pack probably had the measure on him the last few weeks, but Skelton. Jed Holloway, Jed's in. If Jed stays fit the whole season, he should he should play for the Wallabies at the end of the year. He's a player that I've got a, a huge rap on. His skill set's pretty pretty unique in Australian back row footy player. So big engine, yeah, big engine, like a good wide running ball, ball player, a ball runner. Sorry, I think he's outstanding. So I reckon Tars, if if those two certainly play, and if um, Folau, I mean if Bernard Foley plays, definitely. Yeah, I would think by fi- I'm going to say by fifteen. Oh wow, that's okay. big. If conditions are good, I'm going. I'm going for it to be a shootout. Tars yep. just to squeeze home. Reds v Lions. Lions by ten or so. Uh, just a bit, a bit too good on home soil. And yeah, resting those key players was a pretty wise move. I think uh, with, with this game in mind. Oh, I'm going to say the Lions by a try, but it's, I think it'll be close. I think the Reds will. Uh, they, they need a lift. They will. Yeah, I think I'm I'm really behind in my tipping comp at the moment. I've been really loyal to the Australian sides, and and that's hurt me, and I'm angry at myself for that. I'm probably going to 
follow the same path. It's my upset of the week will be the Reds. Yeah, I'll t- I'm going to follow you in on that one. I reckon the Reds also. Uh, that's all our teams. Australian teams ticked off, correct? It is, yes. Ticked. Force uh, putting their feet up. Another big game this week as well will be Crusaders v Blues. That's always a belter. Crusaders v Blues. The Crusaders just keep uh, pulling things out of their backside, don't they? Two two weeks in a row, it's um, very annoying to watch. And um, they squeeze past the depth the there. Yeah, but there's there's a bit of an injury crisis going on across uh, the ditch. Like there's about six or seven um, All Blacks down at the moment, so it's got to be hurting the the depth a little bit over there. So no no Izzy Dag, um, no Tamano Valu, um, and and the Highlanders are missing the likes of Sopawanga and Naholo. So yeah, that uh, that'll be. Causing Steve Hansen a little bit of concern, I think. Yeah, they've got no one to call That's on. That's a shame. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah they'll, they'll really struggle to fill those spots over hope there. Hope you work it out, Steve. They'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah they'll, <laughs> they'll really struggle to find cattle to fill in for those guys, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can lend you some, not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, now that's us done. Uh, good to be back. We wish you good luck with your sides across the weekend, and we will be back on deck once more next Wednesday or Thursday to wrap up round four and get stuck into round five. On behalf of Sam Worthington, Christy, Lindsay Doran, and Stephen Halls, it is Sean Maloney saying good luck to you and yours this weekend. <laughs>